Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first, and their covered wagons, they find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000 plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. Hello, one and all, and welcome to the Future Tech Podcast. I'm Alan Thomas, and today we have Daryl W. Perry. Uh, host of freetalklive.com in the house. How you doing, Daryl? Doing well, and freetalklive.com is the website for the radio show Free Talk Live. Ah, okay. Thank you for cleaning that up. Yeah. And, uh, uh, okay, so as far as Free Talk Live, let's, uh, let's assume that there's somebody listening who has never heard of Free Talk Live. What is the show about? What do you guys do? Uh, well, it's about basically anything. Uh, we're one of the few nationally syndicated radio shows that actually takes calls. And I know that, you know, some of the bigger names like to say that, you know, they take calls on certain days and then they monologue for two and a half hours, take a call for about five seconds and then monologue the rest of the show. We actually take calls every night of the week. So if, you know, we're live from 7 to 10 p.m., and we're not listening to or talking with a caller, that means you can probably call in. Uh, but the point of the show is to actually spread the ideas of liberty and you know, create discussions, because the hosts of the show are libertarians, which, again, not something that you generally see in uh, syndicated talk radio. And that can you know, sort of uh, rub some people the wrong way, especially conservatives that all day they've been listening to, say, uh, Glenn Beck, 
uh, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, and then here comes on some people saying that we need to get rid of the drug war and stop bombing brown people overseas. They're like, wait a second, that's not what I'm used to hearing. But when we're talking about taxes, they agree with that. Yeah, let's reduce taxes, <laughs> or in our cases, eliminate them completely. And then the progressives that have been hearing, uh, I, I'm not even really sure who the progressive hosts are. I know there are a few of them, and there are some progressive stations that take the show. But you know, the progressives that have been hearing the progressive talk all day long, and then they hear us talk about eliminating taxes. They're like, wait a second, that's not you know, something that I normally hear, but they agree with us on ending the drug war and stop bombing brown people overseas. That dynamic of having you know, conservatives and progressives hearing the show and then calling in, a lot of times it challenges the callers because they're not necessarily hearing that and they're wanting to have a discussion or try to tell us how we're wrong about you know, like, well, no, you think you want freedom, but if you actually had freedom, you'd be talking German right now. <laughs> Which is actually a call that we had a couple nights ago where somebody was trying to say that uh, the U.S. involvement in World War II was this grand, wonderful thing, because if my granddad hadn't have gone over there, we'd be talking German right now, and aren't you glad you're not talking German? And, 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 what, and how are you supposed to answer that? <laughs> so, I mean, well, no. we we tried presenting him the facts that the U.S. involvement in World War One led to World War Two, and the U.S. involvement in World War Two isn't what actually ended the war. It just sort of, you know, it was kind of that cherry on top to where the Brits and the Russians were actually very close to ending the war in Europe, and then the U.S. said, "Oh yeah, we're going to come in and join too." <laughs> so I can imagine that. Uh... I, so, so I can imagine there are some pretty lively discussions on the show because it seems like depending on what topic you're on any given time, it's like you have this Venn diagram that kind of pulls a little bit from each from each camp. Right. And it kind of pulls and in different types of things, calls. Yeah, it's one of those things to where, you know, some nights it's more color driven than others. It, you know, they, there's not really, uh, you know, any one consistent thing of all of the callers agree, all of them disagree. Sometimes, you know, we get some callers that don't even listen to the show, and we know that they don't listen to the show because some of them have admitted that they don't listen to the show. But yeah, it does create for you know some interesting conversations. Well, yeah, I can only imagine what that's what what that's like. You know, oh, I don't listen to your show, but I had to say this, or I had to get this point out. Yeah, like so that. there's, there's uh, one caller in particular who calls basically every night, and she wants to just tell us about the traffic in Albuquerque. Oh, and it's just... she's admitted, like, we'll, we'll try to have conversations with her. And, you know, we found out she is a communist. Uh, she loves red light cameras. She wants autonomous cars for everybody. And she's admitted that she doesn't listen to the show because she doesn't have a computer. Okay. that's uh, and that's And that's one of your regulars. That's <laughs> one of the regular callers. And, again, because we're a caller-focused show, we take her calls. So she's using it as basically part com part complaint box part platform. Basically, right. it seems like. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it sounds like it sounds like you guys might be like an integral part of like a really integral part of her life, like an important release for her every night when she probably, makes that call. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are helping people out all all over the land there. Uh yeah. and 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 I know you said it's a it's a it's a call-in show and 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 so we're basically talking about pretty much Pretty much anywhere you uh, 
you know, it's pretty much far-reaching, right? Pretty much nationwide. Yeah, we currently have 182 uh, terrestrial radio affiliates, plus we're on free-to-air satellite over uh, North and Central America, free-to-air satellite over most of Africa. And we've actually had some callers from Africa call in on Skype. Uh, One of the guys in particular, he would tell us about this bus ride that he would have to take to where he would travel, I think, like an hour and a half to go to an internet cafe to call us at like two o'clock in the morning his time. Oh wow! Oh, so he 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 really en- he really enjoys the show then. Yeah, in that level of work. Yeah, and then you know because of that we would find out various things that were happening in Cameroon, things that aren't necessarily being reported in the mainstream media about the. Uh, conflict and not quite civil war, but it seems like it might be getting close to that between the uh, Anglophones and the Francophones, that, that being the English speakers in Cameroon and the French speakers in Cameroon, to where, and I, I forget the exact details, I, I believe the uh, Cameroonian government uh, is largely controlled by the Francophone section, and they're trying to push French as the national language and drive out the people whose native language is English. And there's been a lot of conflict. And we've not heard from Akko in a while, so I'm you know, I, I'm starting to wonder if he's okay because we, we do know that, you know, there had been that conflict. But yeah, it's one of those things to where you really never know who's going to wind up calling in or how far reaching you're going to be with the ideas of liberty with this radio show. And so you, you literally have ended up with a man on the ground, <clears throat> in a sense. Excuse me. Yeah, and you know, because we're on the free-to-air satellites in Africa, he's been helping people figure out how they can listen to the show because the free-to-air satellite, you know, it's not exactly a cheap piece of equipment. A uh, couple hundred dollars, which, you know, not too terribly expensive, but once you set it up, there's no fee, and you can just get all kinds of random stuff and in places where the internet connection, uh, well, it's either really expensive or non-existent, those free-to-air satellites are really, you know, a way to reach the outside world, if you will. Wow. Uh, and, and 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 let me ask you, how how did how did Free Talk Live come about? How long has it been around? Uh, so it was created back in uh, 2002 by Ian Freeman and Mark Edge. They're they're the two creators of the show and. Uh, two of the other primary hosts. And then in 2004, it got nationally syndicated. And then in 2006, they moved from Florida to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, uh, which is one of the Liberty Migrations to New Hampshire. I came on, uh, first got on the show as sort of a fill-in co-host about six years ago and have really been part of the show for about the last four and a half, five years, I think. Um, and so it, it's just been one of these things that has built up over the last, you know, 15 years or so to where, you know, again, we're on 182 terrestrial radio stations across the country. And the way a lot of syndicated talk shows operate, they don't remove stations that have dropped them. So, you know, some of the big stations, they'll say, we've been added to 400 plus radio stations. Well, Free Talk Live has probably been added to that many as well, but we keep our list accurate so that we're only showing the number of stations that we're actually on. Uh, 
Now, I, I'm not going to say that Rush isn't on 400 stations because I don't know. I've not done you know any kind of check of his list. But a lot of the shows that brag about these huge numbers, if you actually go through and you sort of do an audit of their list, you'll see that some of the stations have flipped to music. Some have flipped to sports talk. And they're not actually carrying all of these uh or you know the the stations aren't actually carrying the shows the way the show claims. So I, I don't know where we actually rank on uh, you know the most affiliates, but I do know Talkers Magazine comes out with a thing called the Heavy Hundred, and I believe the last time I looked, Free Talk Live was hovering somewhere around forty. Oh, okay, so so pretty high position. Yeah, and and I didn't realize that that was. Uh... I didn't realize that was a thing for some of the syndicated shows that, like you said, they they literally will go at the top of their show bragging about, you know, their reach. But some of those positions might actually be ghost positions from what you're saying. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And then a lot of the shows, it's difficult to actually find an affiliate list for. Uh, As a way as a way to protect that number. Like if I say I'm in 500 places or 300 markets, if I Uh, I don't give you. Not necessarily to protect the number, but I, I think it's more to uh, sort of protect what they see as some kind of uh, trade secret or business secret sort of thing, because they don't want other shows trying to call up and you know easily try to poach their stations from them. But a lot of times when shows wind up ending, and there is uh, Larry Kudlow recently ended his syndicated show, and... Because one of the things that I do for Free Talk Live is call radio shows or call radio stations and try to get the program directors to listen to the show, consider taking the show. It's nice to know when shows go away. Hey, where were they on? And a lot of times it's difficult to find that information. And uh, again, I don't know if it's a thing of they don't want anybody to actually know, uh, you know, how many stations they're actually on. Because again, most of the shows don't actually audit their. Uh, station list to keep it accurate. Ah, ah, okay. And and uh, and and just to, I just wanted to switch gears a little bit for a second because I and I, you already mentioned it a little earlier. The Free State Project. Yeah. I just wanted to uh, get a little more detail about uh, exactly what the project is and its intention and just how does it work. Yeah. So the Free State Project was created by Jason Sorens as, I believe, like a doctoral thesis or just some kind of research paper he did while he was in college where he was researching different uh, migration movements, one of them being the hippies moving to Vermont back in the 70s, and then there were a few others that he looked into. And he came up with the idea of if we get 20,000 libertarians or people that you know like the ideas of liberty to move to a small state, then we could wind up affecting the state government. And so from that research paper, there became the Free State Project, which is an organization that's trying to get 20,000 people to move to the state of New Hampshire to, according to the Free State Project pledge, exert the fullest practical effort towards the creation of a society where the maximum role of government is protection of life, liberty, and justly acquired property. And the Free State Project hit the uh, 20,000 signer mark, I believe it was two years ago, just over two years ago, and now they're working on getting those signers to actually wind up moving to New Hampshire. 
And the last time I looked on the website, uh, I think they show about 5,000 participants in-state. Now, some of those were people that lived in New Hampshire before New Hampshire was chosen as the destination state. And the way the destination state was chosen, once they hit 5,000 signers, those signers then voted on which state to wind up going to. There were 10 states uh, total that were options. The 10 smallest states, with the exception of Hawaii and I believe Rhode Island, were both excluded. Uh, Rhode Island because of massive corruption and Hawaii partially because of the massive corruption and also because you can't really drive there. Uh, whereas, you know, even though Alaska was uh, one of the choices and it's not exactly an easy drive because you've got to go through Canada, it was still on the list because it, you know, is one of those to where it's easier to pick up and move your life to move to. And at the time of the vote, I wasn't a signer at that time. I had not even heard of the Free State Project until after the vote had happened. Uh, but it's my understanding that uh, of the 5,000 or so people that actually voted, they were allowed to opt out, if you will. So if somebody said, my first choice is Alaska, and I'm only going to move if Alaska wins, they could then wind up removing their name. But everybody else was you know, kept on the rolls if you will. And a couple of years ago, the Free State Project wound up officially getting 501c3 status. And I'm not exactly happy with the way the Free State Project is being run at the moment, but I'm not going to tell people not to move to New Hampshire because you can move to New Hampshire without being part of the Free State Project. You can move here and work towards a more free society without signing some pledge. Oh, understood. Understood. And 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 so the project uh and is it fair to say that the project once once New Hampshire is i guess set up and up and running the the uh the intention is to start on the second on a second state and a third state like to move down the list uh you know I don't know if that's ever been discussed as part of a thing uh I know some people want New Hampshire to secede other people do not. Uh, some people want to, you know, basically use New Hampshire as sort of a a beta test to show that this works, and then people in other places try to replicate what has happened. And I, I don't really think that you know the beta test uh, theory is really a good idea because you can already see there are a bunch of things that some people have referred to as move here projects. So there's the Blue Ridge Liberty Project down in North Carolina where they're trying to get people to move to Asheville and then not really do anything. Uh, it's a bunch of people that just want to like opt out of voting and not play politics at all. But I don't really see how that's going to wind up influencing the way governments operate. Not that I think that you know voting is necessarily the end-all, be-all of you know, achieving liberty, but if you're not participating, the people making the rules, they don't look and say, ah, you know what, Allen didn't vote because he's the conscientious uh, non-voter, and so therefore we should wind up influencing the policy this way, or, oh, well, Allen just didn't vote because Allen's apathetic. They, they don't show the difference between conscientious non-voters and apathy in 
the numbers of we had a voter turnout of 40 percent. It doesn't say, you know, 19 percent of the non-voters were conscientious non-voters that believe that voting is, you know, some kind of immoral action. And I, I realize that 19 percent is an extremely high number for the people that would wind up believing that. It's probably closer to like 1.9 percent. But I, I'm sure you've heard the arguments that uh, voting is immoral. Yes, I, I have. I've been to a few candidate forums, and yes, that that exact phrasing has come up before. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's like like I said, it it it's never a boring discussion. Right. <laughs> I will say I will say that I will say that. But yeah, uh, it's not one that I necessarily agree with. I understand, uh, you know, the position that is being taken, but like I said, you know, th- there's not any way that the uh, people that wind up getting elected are going to look at the numbers of people that didn't vote and say, ah, you know what, those people didn't vote because they think that uh, my being petty tyrant is illegitimate, so I'm just going to resign now. And there have actually been stories, things that we've covered on Free Talk Live about elections where nobody showed up to vote. And do you know what happened? The government uh, wound up filling the vacancies because it was a tie vote, and tie votes, we have rules that say how we break a tie vote. And so the city council wound up continuing to exist. The school board continued existing. The local police still wound up enforcing all of the, the horrible laws that they enforce. Uh, the tax guys still wound up collecting taxes, and everything went on as if, Voters actually showed up and elected somebody. Yeah, just just it, you take you take that low turnout or close to zero turnout and kind of spin it as well. We've been given a mandate. Obviously, we're doing the right thing. Right. You turn it into the yeah. You turn it into this mandate. Right. It and again, there have there. been stories. And the one that uh, jumps to the front of my mind was a school board election in Roswell, New Mexico, a couple of years ago to where for some reason the election board wound up at the last minute moving the polling place and nobody showed up to vote in this school board race. Nobody. There were zero people that showed up to vote. There were three candidates running for school board. They didn't even show up to vote. And those three candidates wound up being appointed to fill the vacant seats. The school board continued to exist. The school board didn't go away because nobody showed up to vote. Everything went about just as normal. Yeah, like you said, it's just uh, you know apathy gets spun into well, they must have, into approval basically. Right. Nobody objected to doing this, so therefore we've got a mandate. I remember uh, about seven years ago, I was living in San Antonio, Texas. There was a mayoral election where headlines: mayor reelected. With mandate, 90% uh, of the vote. And then you look, the voter turnout was like 7%. 90% of 7% means that about 5% of the people of San Antonio actually voted for this guy, which means 95% did not vote for the guy. That's not a mandate, but the headline was, you know, mayor reelected with overwhelming mandate. Tricky math at work right there. Yeah. Because, you know, they elect people based on the actual number of votes, not the total number of people that are eligible to vote. Yeah, I, I forget who said it. You know, democracy is a horrible system, but it's the one we've got. 
Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I do remember that quote. I don't remember exactly who it attributed to. I think it's been attributed to multiple people over the years. Right. So it kind of gets muddy. But um, but yeah. But as far as, as so as far as free talk live, what does the next twelve months look like for you guys? What's kind of the roadmap for free talk? Keep calling radio stations. Keep trying to get added to more stations. We just crossed 180 for the first time ever. Uh, I think 200 stations by the end of the year is very realistic. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say that it's something that is definitely going to happen, but I, I think it's very realistic. Oh, of course, of course. But that's a good, you know, but that's a good goal to shoot for. Like you said, you're already, you're kind of already on track for that. Right. And and um, and so for and 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 so I guess it's just uh. For a final question, I guess my uh, it would be okay if I'm if if I have my gear and I'm kind of roaming around these different stations. I guess why why do I why should I stop on Free Talk Live versus I guess the next station? Well, Free Talk Live, like I said, it's a caller driven, caller focused show, which is not something you're necessarily going to get from any other show. And we're talking about things that aren't necessarily being talked about on other programs. We've been talking for several years about the horrible situation going on down in Venezuela to where there's massive hyperinflation. We've talked about that uh, horrible cryptocurrency thing that Nicolas Maduro is trying to put out. And the last time I looked, that ICO that he had had not actually brought in any money, even though he's claiming that it's brought in billions of dollars. Uh, so, you know, we're... we're looking at things and talking about issues that you're not hearing talked about on other shows. And he, he's claiming billions of dollars. I didn't realize that. I think I kind of, I kind of started to lose track of that, of that one. Yeah. So the uh, first day he said that it raised 435 million. And then like a week later, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I remember the 435. somewhere near like 7 billion. Oof. But, yeah. but no, but no actual proof of this, of course. Right. And if you go look at the, uh, the blockchain, the NEM is the currency that he supposedly put this token on. You can see where the token was created, and there have been no transactions at all. So all of the tokens are still residing in that uh, one wallet. And then the claim was, oh, well, see, we're doing the ICO, and then we're going to wind up launching the cryptocurrency as a separate thing and I think that was supposed to have launched last week, and I've not heard anything about this Petro crypto chain launching at all. Uh, so, yeah, everything that's happening down there, it's just absolutely you know horrible. And like I said, that's not being talked about by anybody else that I'm aware of. So, so definitely Free Talk Live would be the place to come to for, like you said, news that nobody seems to want to talk about or, or just isn't being covered, and it's, it seems to me, and pretty much everything that we really need to know. Right, right. And, you know, we're huge fans of cryptocurrency at Free Talk Live, and we've got a site, I believe it is tip.freetalklive.com, where people can go and leave us little uh, tips in various cryptos and actually no that does not appear to be yeah that that is the site uh tip.freetalklive.com um or just go to freetalklive.com and there's qr codes on the side where people can wind up uh doing what we call amplifying uh amp is advertise market and promote helps us reach out to more program directors get the show in front of them 
And again, you know, hopefully we wind up getting on 200 stations by the end of the year, which, again, I think is very realistic. freetalklive.com slash Bitcoin is where you can leave contributions in the Bitcoin tip jar. And uh, Dash tip jar, uh, you can wind up shape-shifting and contributing altcoins to Free Talk Live as well. Okay. All right. And again, like I said, just want to thank you, Daryl, for being on the show and talking to us about freetalklive.com. And of course, the website is freetalklive.com. And uh, uh, again, like I said, appreciate you being appreciate you being on the on the podcast. And um, you know, good luck good luck with Free Talk Live. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Coming to Dallas, Texas, September 14th, 15th, and 16th, 2018, the Blockchain and Future Tech Expo. This is going to be a gigantic conference of over 5,000 people. We're going to be talking about blockchain and its applications. We're going to be talking about quantum computing, cybersecurity, artificial intelligence, and several other future technologies that are poised to and actually changing our lives as we speak. Here's why you should attend. As you may know, early adopters are the ones that investigated and profited from things like the gold rush in the 1800s, from the dot-com boom in the 1990s, from the internet boom in 2005, from the smartphone explosion in 2007, from the real estate boom that ended in 2008, and of course, from the Bitcoin boom that started in 2012. Early adopters act now. They don't wait till later. They go out west first in their covered wagons. They find the biggest gold nuggets. If you consider yourself an early adopter and you want to find the biggest nuggets, then you owe it to yourself to attend this upcoming conference. Blockchain is going to affect how we control and store our medical data, how we send money around the world, how we bank, and more. But artificial intelligence, quantum computing, and cybersecurity will play a pivotal role in our lives as well. And that's why our next event, September 14th to the 16th at the Dallas Convention Center, is going to have not only 5,000-plus attendees, but will showcase blockchain, AI, cybersecurity, quantum computing, and more. You want to get in on the coming gold rush of future tech and opportunity as an early adopter. Don't be left out. To register, go to bftexpo.com. That's blockchainfuturetechexpo.com. Thank you. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. <laughs>